Welcome back. It's Mac, episode 24 of Icebreaker. As always, AJ. How's it going, Mac? It's going. See, you're in a pretty good mood. We're rocking the uh, Bengals, too. I know that, you know, it's, it's so hard to celebrate Cincinnati Bengals wins because that puts their record to 2-5-1. and one. Like, it's not a big deal. But they beat Tennessee, and uh, and the team looked pretty good. So they we're did. rocking and the colors today. We'll get to that in just a second, but episode 24 is presented by Ernst Hodge Construction, who's been providing and designing services in Manitoba since 1995 and offer expertise in a wide array of project types and are committed to providing solutions that meet their clients' budget, schedule, and quality requirements. So episode 24 presented by Ernst Hodge Construction. But Good back question, because I, yes. I actually don't know this about you. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, were you born in 1995? Were you alive? I was born in 1994. One year before Ernst Tosh started doing their thing. That's good. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, those Bengals, big win against the Titans. The Titans are kind of sliding now, right? But they were they were five and one now, five and two, I believe. Uh, Five and two after today because they would have lost to the Steelers. They just can't handle the AFC North. Maybe that's it. It could be it. It could be it. But they didn't even look that bad today. Uh, the Bengals kind of shut down Derrick Henry, which is the big deal. And once you do that, boy, boy. But they didn't even shut him down. He had still 110 yards. Yeah, but they came in big chunks. He didn't continuously rattle off big plays like he's kind of been doing this season. I don't know. I like, I'm like. i liking the Bengals and what Joe Burrow's doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, And that's a good point. And, you know, not even as a Bengals fan, but Joe Burrow – looks like a seasoned veteran quarterback when he's playing. He's, he doesn't get rattled. There was one big play today that I remember seeing because they oversnapped the ball. And you see a lot of quarterbacks who panic and they want to fall on the ball. And this kid just took like two steps back and he just picked up the ball and he threw it long out of bounds and he played it like a pro. He's been he, fun to watch. he sure did. And I'm going to get the Manitoba building trades hot take out of the way early today. And the, um, that is that I think Joe Burrow – is going to win the NFL Rookie of the Year? I, you know, I could see that. There's a couple of contenders, I think, for Rookie of the Year because the guy in uh, in San Diego, Herbert, Hebert? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's chucking the ball really well. We're recording right now right near the end of the uh, Broncos-Chargers game, and he's tearing it up. So Yeah, and they tied it up. or The Broncos tied it up. It's, yeah. It was 30-30 when I – when I last left, but uh, Manitoba building trades hot take. It's not just any project. It's the opportunity of lifetime. It's about building something great for Manitoba. That's why you turn to the latest talent and craftsmanship of Manitoba's expert tradespeople. Manitoba building trades is Manitoba's unionized construction industry. Productive labor is their business with over 10,000 skilled trades professionals. We build what others can only manage imagine visit mbtrades.ca and come build with us so we will see we will see if we can finally get on track and obviously it's another one that's a long way to play out but we can return to it in the in the future and say that we had one right this bodes well for you they mentioned during the game that entering today uh, joe burrow was the number three for quarterback yards in the league not yeah. through the rookies. So kids have a bang up first year. And his pass attempts are up in the top three in the league as well. And he's a rookie. <laughs> that just comes with playing for the Bengals though, Mac. You're going to throw the ball a lot. That's very true. Well, you're wearing an orange toque 
and mm. orange reminds me of halloween and on saturday it was halloween yeah and we had been talking about our favorite candies and and whatnot and, and reminding people to be safe during halloween and i can tell you in my neighborhood they were extremely safe i did not get one trick-or-treater <laughs> <laughs> now, were people in your neighborhood uh, handing out candy? Did they have the places lit up? On my road, there wasn't many. Yeah, there wasn't. That and was I didn't the deal see breaker. It. I didn't that was see the deal any breaker for me. Yeah, we just keep talking over each other. That was the deal breaker for me. Was that nobody else on the block did decorations or did lights, right? Yeah, there. Were, I don't know. I just I have so much candy now. We have, uh, and I bought the, like the big chocolate bars. I wanted to be the place that the kids talked about. And then now I just have so many chocolate bars to take care of myself. <laughs> How many chocolate bars are we talking about here? Full-size bars? 54. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, you should have been out in the middle of the road yelling with those. Come I know. On. We got those. You could have been the candy bar hawker. I know. And, I was, and now next year. Hopefully, we can trick or treat next year. But I'm going to be advertising on my front lawn days leading up, so that I don't run into the 54 chocolate bar situation that I have to take care of on my own. You'll have a big sign that'll say, "Attention, kids! One-year-old chocolate bars. It's <laughs> Halloween only. <laughs> Get them for free." <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Well, you know what, man? If I would have known, I would have trick or treated at your place. Yeah, it's okay. I, I can, I'll find use for them. Uh, if anybody likes coffee crisps, just uh, send us a message. You can have, I think I have 14 coffee crisps uh, I'm looking to give away here. So we're going to have an icebreakers raffle. Yeah. <laughs> It'll all be for coffee crisps. You didn't buy just coffee crisps. No, they came in like 18 variety packs, like 18 bar variety packs. And there just happened to be a lot of coffee crisp in there. I'm going to keep the arrows and the Kit Kats. Those are, those are for me, the coffee, Chris. <laughs> well, I said last week, I posted a picture of the box and you're right. Cause it came with coffee, crisp, Kit Kat, Arrow and Smarties. Yes. And I posted a picture and I said, man, I can't wait to hand out all these Smarties. And the response to that told me what I need to know. Nobody likes Smarties. I know. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know when they slid off the radar, but not Canada's favorite and definitely not Winnipeg's favorite chocolate. And it's funny, when I was living in the States for four years, my parents would often send just like some care packages and they'd always yeah. have Smarties in them. And I was so happy to have Smarties because I hadn't had them in forever. And all my friends that were American, they're like, what are those? And like, they try them, like, these are really good. But that's because in the States, if I'm not mistaken, Smarties are something else. Aren't they rockets? They're rockets. The rockets are Smarties in the States. Yes. Yeah. So. And you brought up rockets. What do you think of rockets? They're the bomb. You do like them, hey? <laughs> that wasn't even a pun there. Um, I will often go out because nobody buys the rockets. And so you end up with giant bags of them left afterwards. I'll buy a bag and it'll last me all year. I'll get rocket fixes through the year. Yeah, I had my first like pack of rockets today in a long time. Ooh. And yeah, like they're okay. Not my favorite, but it's sugar. I'll do them. I'll eat them. It's it's a slippery slope, the rockets, because they're so tiny that you, you eat one and you're like, oh, yeah, I could eat another one. And yeah. I could probably eat another bag of these. No, for sure. So we were talking before the show 
what we wanted to what we wanted to rank draft and we were we're your idea you, you spill the guts I've had it on the radar for a few uh, weeks now, and I can't remember what we put it off because of Thanksgiving and because of Halloween. And so I just want to rank not the best, not the most professional, but our favorite goaltenders in NHL history. Okay. Yeah. I, like I hate that. it when I set it up because I get the first pick. So it yeah, sounds you, like it was my idea. And I came up with it just to pick Carmen Manitoba's own Eddie Belfort as my favorite goalie. Nice. Yeah. Not nice. even just as a Manitoban, just he was great. He he was something. I loved I loved his helmets growing up. Loved his helmets. I think that was it. It was the helmets and it was the pads. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, and look how good a goaltender he is. He's got a lot of hardware, and nobody really talks about old Eddie the Eagle anymore. Well, I'm gonna go with one that I, that I love watching uh, videos of from back in the day, Ron Hextall. Oh, rotten Ronnie. Yeah, loved it. Videos of. Him smashing hockey sticks, right? Yeah, hockey sticks, fighting, you name it. Loved it. Ron made goalie goal, goal scoring popular too. Because <laughs> yeah. he would go for it. Yeah, he would. <laughs> uh, my second pick is out of nowhere. I don't think you would have had this guy on your radar. But when I was growing up, uh, I don't know if it was just the goalie landscape. And I wasn't a Leafs fan. But I got Felix Potvin. Okay. As, as number two on my list. Again, it might have been his mask. It might have been that he had a, a couple really hot seasons, or it might have just been a cool hockey card. Yeah. But I have memories of Felix Potvin. Well, I'm going with for my second pick because when we played street hockey, we didn't have goalie helmets, right? We just used our player helmets from when we played. So I'm yeah. going with Dominic Hasek because we, the helmet, the helmet. And whenever I played goalie in street hockey, I had to have my Dominic Hasek helmet on. So I just, it's a good connection for me. That could have also been a Chris Osgood pick. Could be, but I'm going to point Dominic that out. Hasek is the front man of that helmet. <laughs> that butterfly style. Yeah. Just lay on your back and flail around. You'll stop it. Yeah, love it. Uh, I had a guy, and this, again, isn't one of the flashiest goalies. Not many people still talk about him. He did have a, like a resurgence with the Lightning, but it, it was because he saved my beloved Winnipeg Jets, version one from uh, Bob Asenza, Nikolai Havibulin. Ooh, the Bulin wall. Is number three. Oh, my goodness. He was so fun to watch. The Jets had had goalie problems for a few years, and all of a sudden this electric guy comes flashing his glove at everybody. Uh, Habby saved, saved my belief in the Jets. And for my third pick, I might get some flack for this, but Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay. I just think he has so much fun in the net. Like he's always having a good time, and I Why think people give you flack for that. Well, just because he he's on Vegas and he beat the Jets in the Western Conference Final, and he was a wall, but he has so much fun in the net, and I just think that people can like learn from that. It's you don't have to be serious all the time. You can just you know have a good time. Like obviously he gets serious, but like he's always smiling, yapping with the refs. I don't know. I just I love the way he plays, and he's everywhere and gets the job done. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Why on earth would anybody give you flack for it? Just because he beat the Jets? Yeah, sure. But he's a solid, solid goaltender no matter where he goes. Yeah, and you know what? Props to him for kind of just being pushed out of Pittsburgh, right? And then just continuing on. Like, just nothing changed. He was still unbelievable. Hey, before we wrap things up, just because we're doing best goalies, or our favorite goalies, I just want to give a shout-out. Yeah, 
not even a pick. It's a, more of a name drop because I got to spend a lot of time in Thunder Bay. So Thunder Bay's uh, Matt Murray got moved from Pittsburgh to Ottawa, and I want to give him a shout-out here on the show because that is a huge move, and I hope that really pays off for him. Well, hopefully he listens. Maybe he'll send you something. T- tweet at him. Tag him in this one and just I say, will. hey, <laughs> send, <laughs> send merch. <laughs> Make sure to check us out on social media at Icebreaker Show with two W's. That's at Icebreaker Show with two W's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And thanks again for the listens wherever you listen to podcasts, available on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, everywhere podcasts are streamed. So check us out. And if you enjoy it, uh, pass it on to a friend. We'd really appreciate that as well. Now, uh, we have a great guest on the show today the ICE franchise of the WHL all time leading scorer and now a KHL legend. So, without further ado, Joined by Winnipeg-born hockey player, currently playing in the KHL, Nigel Dawes. How's it going? No, I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, thanks for making the time here with the time change. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, it's definitely a little bit easier this year being on Moscow time. Uh, we're only eight, eight hours ahead uh, from Winnipeg, but uh, in the years past, it's been almost like complete opposite times with 12 and 11 hour time changes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be a little bit difficult to stay in touch with the family then. Yeah, it definitely made things a lot harder. Um, I wanted to bring up here off the top, so you played your Western Hockey League days with the ICE franchise and finished as the ICE all-time leading scorer and still with 159 goals. What do you remember most from your days with the ICE? Um, well, I think the memory that stands out the most is winning the Memorial Cup as a rookie in my first year. Um, you know, it was a nice welcome to the league and um, you know we had a really good team and uh, obviously winning it all was a, a great great way to, to start my career in the in a junior career I guess and um, you know the fan support and, and the city and just the whole uh, ride that we kind of went on was uh, pretty amazing. What's the when you go through the playoffs and you're playing seven game series and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the Memorial Cup where it's one game uh, one game win or lose, right? What's the mindset change? Um, you know, for us, it was, I mean, we were down to Prince George in the first round. I think we were down and we were playing two, three, two, and we were down. We lost both games at home. We went, we went to seven against them. I forget what it was. Or maybe it's, yeah. Anyways, we lost, we lost, we had to go up to Prince George and, and win all three games and, you know, no one has ever really done that. And, uh, you know, we ended up coming back and then winning in game seven at home. And from there, we just kind of kept that momentum going. And when we got to the Mem Cup, um, you know, we had a really good start. We won uh, both of our first games, uh, which led us straight to the finals. Um, so, you know, we got some time off and uh, a couple of days in between games and just had to prepare for, you know, kind of that last game. And, um, you know, we, we were able to, to win that. And the sticking with the the one games uh, meaning a lot. You played two two years with the World Junior Team, and some might say one of those years was with one of the best World Junior Teams ever. What do you remember about that experience? Um, that one was definitely one of the you know top moments of my career. I would say um, one being in Grand Forks and being so close to Winnipeg and having so many friends and family and able to come out and watch. And uh, I mean more so probably because of just how we had lost the year before. Um, you know, going up 3-1 into the third period and then having, you know, two late goals, uh, weird goals against us to, to end up losing. Um, you know, we, we had won 
one goal in mind and one job. And, you know, from the start of camp to the tournament, uh, you know, we were all prepared. We had a lot of returning guys. And then with the lockout, you know, we our team got even stronger. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. And uh, it was just a business-like attitude the whole way and until the end. And then uh, we really got to enjoy it and celebrate. Uh, just sticking with the World Juniors there for a sec, you mentioned the, the year before um, was a weird way to – to go down and then obviously with the lockout, but uh, players like, you know, Mark andre Fleury on the first team, Sidney Crosby on both, Patrice Bergeron, just playing with those guys. And then um, looking back at all the careers that you guys have now all had, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of very, very good hockey players uh, that played on that team. Um, you know, so the fact that I'm a, was a part of that team, obviously, uh, the way everyone's careers have kind of gone in different paths, um, you know, it's pretty cool to to look back on that and 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 know that I was a you know a part of that team. Who was your biggest rival when you played with the Ice? Um, probably Calgary. Um, you know, they had had some pretty good playoff series uh, in there a couple of years leading up to my my rookie year. Um, so, and Spokane was the other closer team, but uh, I would definitely say like Calgary would have been the, the biggest rivalry at, uh, at that time. If we look uh, at the, the year you were drafted, so you're drafted by the Rangers, and fast forward a little bit, you got to play your first National Hockey League game. What do you remember from that? Um, I was lucky because, I mean, a lot of kids now, they don't, get to just you know you maybe you get called up a lot of kids aren't making it right away and knowing that you're going to play and I was fortunate enough I, uh, for my first game that I had made the team out of camp and you know the coach had let me know that I was going to be playing the first game and so I had I knew I think two days before we were starting so I was able to you know get my mom and dad on a flight and, and down to New York to to see uh, my first game and uh, um, that was something that you know I, I really you know, don't take for granted and was happy that they were able to to see me play my first game. And it was at MSG? Yeah, it was at MSG against uh, Washington. And when did uh, your first goal, when did that come? Uh, first goal was my eighth game uh, in Toronto, my first game on Hockey Night in Canada. And uh, that was pretty special as well because uh, a lot of my dad's family lives in Toronto. So my grandpa was there and my aunt and uncle and my cousins. So um, that was pretty cool as well. And, uh, you know, something that, you know, I'll never forget. And speaking of your dad, I, I golfed at a golf course where he frequents this summer and he always, uh, he always had a couple of tips for me. Should I listen to those or no? I don't think you should trust him with those. Those, uh, his golf game isn't something that you should trust. I mean, he plays a lot and he loves to be out there, but, um, you know, his, his game, I don't think you try to avoid the, his tips for sure. <laughs> um, so what went into the decision to eventually uh, move over to the KHL? Um, I was just kind of at a point in my career where I'd been up and down uh, throughout that season, um, NHL and AHL, and I think it was maybe, you know, November, December-ish, and some teams had kind of started calling. And um, I was just kind of ready for a change, the way the season was going, and, and mentally, I guess. And uh, I told myself if I got uh, – you know, a good enough offer that, you know, I was happy with that I was going to go over and try it out. And, um, you know, I was playing with Dustin Boyd at the time and we were able to kind of get uh, an offer or offers to the same team together. And we were already playing on a line together and we're both kind of similar spots in our career. And, um, you know, it just seemed like a, 
a good opportunity for us to go and, and play together and um, and see what happened. And um, you know, it's definitely something that I haven't regretted. Uh, you know, I was going over there. I signed a two-year contract, but you know, I was kind of like, oh, I'll go for a year or two, kind of see how it is, and and then see where we go from there. And um, here we are in year ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And obviously, uh, you've been tearing it up in those 10 years. You've had, you've had some pretty good production. And I believe it's, you've been in the all-star game since 13, 14 or 14, 15 every year since then. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the exact year, but I think, yeah, I've been in a few of the last few years. So it took a while to get to my first one, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so you played, a good chunk of years with the same team. And then this past season signed with a new team. How are you enjoying it with the new club? Oh, the new team's been good. Um, you know, I spent my first seven years in Kazakhstan and then uh, the last two years I was with uh, Automobiles in Yekaterinburg. And then uh, when my contract was up this year, um, you know, I was looking for an opportunity to, you know, try and win a championship. And when Kazan came calling, um, you know, it, it seemed like a really good fit. So, um, it's definitely been a different type of year with everything going on these days in the world and with COVID and stuff. But, um, you know, we're doing our best to keep everyone safe and playing. And, I mean, every team is kind of changing things on the fly. And, you know, some guys are in and out. I mean, some guys will get sick and or have been sick. And, uh, you know, you gotta got to fill those voids. But, um, yeah, we're, we're off to a good start. Uh, we're coming up on our first break here uh, next week. So, um, you know, right now we're – I think we're – tied or right at the top of our conference. So I right, keep those things going. And is that break just new to this season based on what's going on? Or is there always kind of that break? Uh, no, there's always, there's three breaks throughout the season for uh, national team uh, tournaments. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's, I mean, like a four or five day break that, you know, the national team, the Russian team goes to play Sweden and Finland and Czech, I think this tournament is. So there's one in November, one in December, and one in February, like a Euro hockey tour. So, um, yeah, we've got a little bit of time to get a few days off and then uh, get together as a team and practice and uh, work towards the next part of the season. And I know you're the captain of, of two teams uh, down in the KHL. Is that rare? And what does it mean to be a captain down as a Canadian player down there? Um, it's a little bit different, especially with the language barrier. But, I mean, when you're a captain or an assistant or even without a letter and a leader on the team or been around a while, I mean, your job's still the same. I mean, you you're going to try and lead by example and, and help, uh, you know, relay messages from the coach to the team or help with some of the young guys. Um, you know, now that I'm one of the older guys uh, on the team, you know, it's just kind of bringing some of the younger guys along and, and helping them out where it could be, you know, different situations or working on a shot or, or working on the power play, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, we had uh, quite a few guys from our team this year just get drafted. So it's definitely exciting times for those guys as well. And I know last year we chatted a little bit at the rink when you came down for ice camp and you said you still had a couple of years left. How many years you got left? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the body goes. And I think this year is, is definitely a lot tougher, like being away from the family and, and stuff where uh, it's something that we haven't kind of gone through before. So um, I think, you know, as your career goes on and you start to kind of take it year by year and uh, reassessing things, but um no, I definitely think I have a few more years in me still after this year. So we'll see how, where it takes me and, and how it goes. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, thanks again for joining the show, Nigel. Yeah, thanks for having me.
And that'll just about do it for episode 24 of Icebreaker. Thanks again for listening. Hope everybody's staying safe and has a great week. And we will talk to you again next week.